0: Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com. Giants reporter with a special Friday edition of Breaking Big Blue where I promised I was going to answer all your questions with the Giants after dark and I will do that. Uh, I will give you a prediction for this week's game against the Washington football team. Yes, I'm going to try not to say the R word. It is very difficult for me uh, to get that into my thick skull. And uh, we're also going to talk to... ESPN NFL Nation Red, I almost did it there, Washington reporter John Kime. And uh, we'll ask him just how big a bullet did the Giants dodge by not drafting Dwayne Hackens. I think you will be quite surprised by how strong that answer is. Uh, first, let me address something and I know a bunch of you brought up. Sometimes the audio on this podcast has been a little rough lately. I mean, this is 2020 I told you before, I'm working, my office is out of my car basically these days. And that, that is true. I mean, I'm taping these podcasts most of these times out of my car. If you listen closely enough, you could probably even hear, I'm, I'm taping this on Friday afternoon, in the parking lot. I'm sitting here staring at MetLife Stadium in front of me. To my left is the Quest Diagnostic Training Field. Uh, it's pouring rain, and you can kind of hear the rain hitting the car in the background. So I'm, gonna, I'm doing my best. I've got a new microphone that's going to make it into the next podcast. Hopefully, that'll clear up some of the distortion and background noise. I'm—I promise you, we're trying to make it as best as possible. You got to stick with us. This is 2020. As long as the content's out there and the content's good, I hope you can get through the 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 audio sometimes, which has not been great. I will admit it. You could blame it on me, and uh, you can you can blow me up uh you know get on my get on my backside you know just get after me for it it's deserved we're we're working on it we're working on it and it's going to get better i promise just like joe judge says i have to get better too you know he has to get better as a coach the giants have to get better as a team i have to get better as a podcaster and what i bring you but uh so let's get right into it let's bring in our NFL Nation, Washington Football Team. I finally got that right. See, there we go. Reporter John Kime, because really, Giants fans need a pick me up. They need to feel better. So we're going to bring John in here to talk about Dwayne Haskins. That's how we're going to do it. Welcome,
1: John. How are you doing today? Here you go. See, I'm doing all right. I haven't talked enough about Dwayne Haskins lately.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's not a topic of conversation down there in the DMC area, DMV area. But so let me hear.
1: It's it's it's
0: how bad is this situation? Um
1: well let me oh here's here's let's lay out their quarterback situation. They have a thirty-six-year-old quarterback coming off 17 surgeries. They have an undrafted free agent in Kyle Allen, who is now the starter, and then you have Dwayne Haskins, the first round pick, who they benched. They don't feel that he's better than an undrafted free agent and a quarterback who's coming off 17 surgeries. That's where this situation is at. And there is a lot that people can say about what's not around him, what they haven't been able to do with you know, adding more weapons or adding this or adding that to give more help. But ultimately, Jordan, what they didn't see is Haskins doing enough to help himself in the way he prepared in this in the practice habits etc and that's been a that's been something that they tried to work with the previous staff tried to get that corrected and you saw a lot of signs from haskins i think throughout the off season and certainly early in training camp where it felt like okay maybe he is maturing in that regard but over the last several weeks they just haven't seen what they've wanted to see from him and that's a, that's been a consistent Um, consistent complaint or concern, I should say, from more than a few people over there.
0: Yeah, well, that's obviously a very concerning thing. And, uh, you know, probably a big part of why the New York Giants weren't really considering him for that number six overall pick, which takes us to this, John. Okay, Daniel Jones isn't having the best of days, you know, here in New York at at this time either. But – are Redskins fans saying, hey, we should have taken – is there any, like, regret? Like, oh, hey, we should have at least taken Daniel Jones, or is it going another direction? Like, what's what's the feeling down there on that? Because that was obviously, you know, hey, should the Giants take Daniel Jones with the number six overall pick? Should they take Dwayne Haskins? Where should they go? And then the Redskins obviously end up taking Haskins.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, the interesting thing would have been – because the other – the quarterback decision that that Washington had really was – Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins at that pick and I knew that they felt like Locke was more of a second round guy and Mm -hmm. I'll be honest I think that the football side did view Haskins more that way as well and I think some people there may have looked at him even lower than that now I don't think that was a consensus I think the problem they always had picking him at 15 was picking him at 15 that they felt like he wasn't there. So the Daniel Jones part of it doesn't enter the, into the equation here because he wasn't an option for them. I don't think a lot of fans would have been based on what I remember from the pre-draft conversations, a lot, not, not a lot of fans that have been thrilled with Daniel Jones. Um, And so I think, you know, so I don't know that that's – I don't think he would have moved the needle here, certainly, and you see that some of the issues he's having up there. But I think it was Drew Locke or, or, or Haskins. And, and with the owner really wanting Dwayne Haskins, it was going to be Dwayne Haskins. And I think – listen, they ended up trading for – back into the second round to get Montez Sweat. And Montez Sweat's a pretty good young defensive end. If they yeah. had taken Sweat at 15 and Haskins at 26 – I think people would look at, would have looked at the situation differently. Even the football side, I think, would have been more comfortable with that sort of a, a switch because you get the pass rush who can help you at 15. You get the quarterback that maybe you can or can't develop at 26. So, yeah, that it's, and I think, I think for people here, the hard part really is that you're asking them to go through another rebuild process, but they also have another young quarterback that whose future here is very um iffy at best and (laughs) they went through this with robert griffin iii then you get kirk cousins coming in and it looks like he's developing but they but then the money becomes an issue and and i don't blame him for not paying him 30 million but that was that was an issue and that's but he was a young quarterback that they had developed to a certain point and then you get dwayne haskins coming in and they're they're told that he's you know he's got all this talent he threw for 50 touchdowns and there's, you know, he's got – he looks the part, man. He's, he's, he's got size. He's got the good arm. So you, the fans want to buy into that. And the hard part for them is to now see that it's probably not going to work. Well, tell me, John. Tell big,
0: me, John. I don't, I don't yeah. get it from the outside, though. What's the downside of continuing to try and develop him right now for the remainder of the season? It's okay. a lost year because for them. They don't they're not winning be. anything with Kyle Allen. They're not but winning they anything. With Alex Smith off seven gazillion surgeries. Sure. But if you
1: don't see a guy working at that position, you can't keep putting them out there for the other players around them. You can't put them out there like you can't put him out there and tell the veterans that, you know, I know I'm telling you to work a certain way and I don't see this guy doing it, but I'm going to keep putting them out there. If you want to make, if you want to build a situation where guys have to take a certain approach, then you've got to demand that of everybody. And I think that's part of what's going on here. And that, and that, you know, so to me, to be honest, Jordan, to me, part of the development is for him, maybe you hit rock bottom. Does that get you to do the things they want you to do? If so, then you develop. I don't think you develop just by going out there and taking the same lackluster approach. You might, you might throw for some yards or whatever, but you're not going to really develop because the only way that you can go forward is with a guy who's devoted to the craft. And if you don't, if they don't feel he's devoted that way, then I think you're wasting your time. And I think that's what they got to. So I think part of the plan again, developing is you want to see that foundation first and foremost. And if you don't see it, maybe you can scare him straight and get him to do those things that you want that they have asked him to do. And if so, Then maybe he's better off for it. So I think that's where you're rolling the dice. Is that this year is really it was about developing the quarterback. But again, I think this is part of it. And Kyle Allen's not going to take you anywhere. And it's really you know I know they say that the division's up for grabs. You can't really talk about the you know contending in the division if you've lost four straight and you've lost each of those games by double digits. That's a that's a tough one to swallow. I think that's where fans have a hard time. It's not so much that you bench Dwayne Haskins. It's that, well, now where are you going? And All right, so where do you th- think what do you think the chances are he actually
0: gets back on the field this year then?
1: Oh, it's Washington. There, it's, he'll probably get back out there. I mean, this is, <laughs> that's just what happens here. I mean, listen, you saw the other day that Kyle Allen dives for first down, and gets hit, and knocked out of the game. Then you see what Dwayne, what you know, Alex Smith going in. And he was pummeled. So the chances of Dwayne Hastings getting back out there, to me, it's at least 50%. Because, again, that's just what happens here. And then so, like, so if he, between then and between now and then, if he's doing his, if he's doing the things away from the facility that they want to do, then you can see something because he has, he has a lot of ability. But there's, he also needs to work a lot on his game. And 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 that's that's what they want to see. So, but yes, I do think you'll probably end up playing here again. It just happens. It, it just uh, it just does.
0: All right. So the big game for the Giants last year was that they beat the Washington Redskins, and that meant a worse draft pick. Uh, at the time, <laughs> they were the Washington Redskins. I said it again. The, now the Washington football well, that team was
1: what they were. <laughs> so,
0: well, I, I I'm, I'm going to mess this up in perpetuity. Uh, so. <laughs> They they beat the Washington football team and they don't get the number two pick. They don't get Chase Young. Okay, how much are they going to regret that? And tell tell me where where's everything at with Chase Young right now?
1: Oh, I think I think that was worth Washington having the number two pick and losing that game. That because I think he's going to be that good. He's already a good player. There's he's still a young pass rusher, so sometimes you'll see him maybe. Um, overrun on you know, or or get up field too um, too wide and leaving a gap on certain runs or whatever. He's going to be really good. Now I think the one thing that they really there's a, first of all, you talk about a guy who is like he just like he's the guy you want getting off the bus first because he just he's 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 he looks it's I don't know intimidating. He looks more than looks the part, but he's just like he's an impressive looking individual. So you want him off the bus first. Let's start there. He's got really good athleticism and speed and he's driven. And I think that's the number one thing that you can, when you talk about a guy like that, I'm going to go back to there because those are the kind of guys who have long careers when you can match the talent with the drive that he has. And everybody that you talk to from the time he was seven years old and and the, the way he was raised and you know, the, the work that he did, and it was all self motivated and, that's one of the things that they really like about him. When I talk to his coaches at Ohio State. That's what they will say. Larry Johnson, the great defensive line coach, which that's the one thing is like they didn't have to ask him to. They didn't have. They never had to push him. That's why they. That's why Washington likes him. And that. And, that, and So I think that's why I think he's going to be good for a long time.
0: Well, Giants fans are obviously going to regret that one for years to come, and they'll they'll get a chance to see Chase Young this week. You know, we, I know we missed some time, but. He's back. Is he out is he fully healthy? Or has he been like in his pretty he back he this missed week, game right? with the
1: groin injury. Yeah, he missed one game with the groin injury, was back last week. You know, he looked he had he had some moments and where he was pretty good. He, not relatively quiet game for the defense. They, they they kinda got picked apart. So wasn't the best day for them, but I but yeah, he is back and he should be he should be full strength unless we find out something Wednesday.
0: We hear about this defensive, you know, talent and pass rush they have. Has it, is it legit? I mean, how, how good is this defense right now? Obviously, they're, they're dealing with a handicap offense, uh, but, and that works against them. But is this defense, like, legitimately good, or no. is it just okay?
1: It's, it's not legitimately good. And, and the, the big problem has been the, the big plays that they allowed. They, had, they entered Sunday's game against the Rams with four plays of – they had allowed four plays of 25 yards or more, and that was, like, tied for second most of the league. They allowed five of those plays on Sunday, Ooh. so you see a lot of times where, and the Rams, the Rams were great at manipulating their eyes big time all the time. And you'll see, Giants fans will know this. they'll see Landon Collins having some issues when he has to cover down the field, and they try to keep him in the box. But sometimes if they go to that, you know, the two, you know, uh, you know, quarters or cover two, whatever, he's going to have to play some some deep, and they'll they he has been. He's had some issues there, but it's not just him. This free safety Troy Apke, they drafted him to be a special teamer and a backup. Right now, he's a starter playing like a special teamer and a backup, and that's the problem there. So then you you know so so that's the problem. Their linebackers are just okay, and they need to upgrade there. Um, so you look at the back seven, and there are a lot. There are more holes than they would like. And I do think you can improve. You can get better offensive play to put you you know just to there's a lot of three and outs and, and, you know, just like you need to have a, an offense that can flip the field position, but you know, they're, they're just not playing the way you thought they might. The defensive line is pretty good. And you have the interior, Daron Payne, Jonathan Allen, they're pretty good. And then Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan off the bench. They can get after you if, if you're just going to sit back and try and throw, but I do think there's ways you can manipulate them. And the Rams did with a lot of the boot action and just you know, again, some of the formations, the, the alignments, and all that really took them away from what I feel like could have, where they could have made some um, problems for the Rams. But yeah, it's it's just not a good defense right now.
0: Well, something has to give because the Giants aren't exactly uh, you know this big play offense. The they have eleven pass plays of twenty plus yards, which for teams that have played five games is one of the worst in the NFL, yeah. uh, except for. Guess who?
1: I'm gonna take a wild guess and say these guys.
0: The Washington Football Team has, it's, and sort of the Cleveland Browns, and but uh, yeah, those are the two teams that have played five games that have fewer passes of twenty plus yards. So it's gonna be well, a doozy, John. Like a one, doozy.
1: Well, it is, and you know, the one thing is they have played some. You know, they played Arizona, and with Kyler Murray, gave them some problems. The, the Browns were. You know, they, they turned it over three times, gave up you know, points there. The Ravens and the Rams have good attacks. So they have been challenged. I think for them, their hope is they play the Giants twice yeah. in three weeks. And then they also, in this stretch, they also have Dallas, Detroit, and Cincinnati. This is a chance for them to show that maybe they can at least be solid against subpar offenses. And you got to love that's it because the Giants,
2: we're sitting
0: here saying – this is the get right game for the Giants, I know, and then then you're over there saying these these are the get right games for the the Washington football team,
1: yeah, I mean that's but and <laughs> these teams kind of deserve a split, so you know but the, but this is like the, these offenses coming up aren't that you know I mean they're not that great, I think Dallas still can have a decent offense with with Dalton if you you know but with him with him, it's like week to week, you never know what you're gonna get so but it is a chance, but the problem is. That they still leave areas exposed. There's still too much trouble in the middle of the field. They still get beat deep down, you know, down the field. And I know Daniel Jones hasn't been going deep as much as here it seems, but the opportunities no, are there. And like the Rams don't throw long a lot, but you know, I even told a friend last week said they're gonna. They're, Robert Woods is gonna score a touch on a play action pass because <laughs> they have to attack him. Sure enough, he scores a play action pass because the the the, the route combination twisted Landon Collins around him and then his angle to help out on the, you know, he was in a cover two, was, was a little bit flat. So it just, but that's what, if I'm another team, I'm testing them down the field because it's, it's there.
0: Well, something's so. got to give this week. Uh, it's going to be the giants or the Washington football team. One, either making big plays on offensive giants or giving up plays to the, the Washington defense. Uh, It'll be it'll be fun, John. Maybe maybe we'll see something we've never seen before. I think that's the best we could hope for. A
1: Zero zero tie. I'm surprised this isn't on <laughs> a Monday. I'm I'm surprised it's not on Monday night. You
0: know. Thank God! Thank God! Thank God for that. The Giants have uh, the Eagles on a Thursday night coming up afterwards, and then the Bucks on a Monday night. So you'll be seeing plenty of the Giants on prime time. Don't uh, you worry? Don't you listen, worry. I get would say this:
1: you can you can be thankful that these guys don't have the only primetime game they have is Thanksgiving Day against Dallas. They don't have a, a Monday night game. It's first time in a long time. Woo. So that's
0: saying a yeah, lot about where they are as a franchise, though. You know that they it, it they, has, they can't even get primetime games. Washington's a big market of a great you know following for that football team for years and years and years. The fact that they're not even in that mix uh, and it
1: says a lot.
0: Yeah, it says a lot. It, and I, it you really know does. it. It, it really does, and so it'll be
1: interesting to see for next year because so much will depend on who, what do they do at quarterback. That, as you know, like, that's what's going to get you some notice. So.
0: I mean, John, you've been there for the last 20 years, so good luck on that one. What are you going to do at quarterback? <laughs> I mean, as, as I covered in the Giants, I've been there for a little while now too, but uh, as Redskins fan, it must, that's, that must be a tough pill to swallow that you're still back at that question. Well, and
1: that's, that's the problem that they all have. That, and that's, that's where I feel, you know, bad for them because they've been asked to buy into certain people over the years. They trade for Don McNabb. And, like, you know, Randy Reed knows he's done. Yeah, yeah, Easter Sunday. Just when I was starting to sip a red, nice, nice, nice uh, glass of red wine. Um, but, you know, they, so you, you get that. It's like, oh, okay, maybe he's the guy. You know, they bring in Steve Spurrier with his offensive mastermind. He can't do it. They had Joe Gibbs here and, you know, it, it just, it doesn't work. And then, you know, not, not to the level they hoped. And then, you know, then they, they bring in Donovan McNabb, they bring in RG three that, you know, that, that trade, like that Griffin, I think there's still a lot of fans who were burned by that whole situation because the excitement level for him was off the charts, off the charts, unlike anything I'd ever seen here. And, and then it just, well, whatever reasons it didn't work out in the end after a phenomenal rookie year. So, yeah, I don't, don't fans, I don't think Giants fans
0: – I don't think Giants fans could really relate at this point because no. Eli Manning was here for so long. And I know at the end, you know, he was done and it got – it was over and there was a back and forth there. But, you know, they really – they drafted another guy and now we're waiting to see if he's a real deal. But this isn't – they haven't been in this situation well, that teams like here, the Browns and, and, right. the, and the Washington have been in, like perpetually looking for the quarterback.
1: So here's, here's the stat that we can – if you want to end on this one. Since 1993, Kyle Allen was – when he started Sunday, he became the 30th starting quarterback since 1993.
0: Unbelievable. 30. 30. Wow.
1: Those Super Bowls since 1991. It that's kind a, of goes hand in hand.
0: That, that's a good way to wrap. Good luck, good luck yeah. Washington football team fans. We're going to get to see them on Sunday against the Giants in a game that everybody wants to see because everybody's out there wanting to see every NFC East team this year. So, John Kime, thank you very much. Appreciate your time.
1: All right, Jordan, thanks.
0: On to the next one. Oh, boy, that was interesting to hear from John Kime and where the Washington football team is at with Dwayne Haskins. Woo-wee! Giants look like they dodged a bullet there. We'll see, obviously, Dwayne Haskins has a lot of time to prove himself differently. But for right now, he seems to be headed in the direction of Josh Rosen when he's not on the Washington football team you know, by who knows when. So our favorite segment, uh, the part of this show where I answer all your deepest, darkest Giants questions in Giants after dark. We're going to start from a question from Instagram from Peter Fleming. He asks, Many Giants clams fans are clamoring for the firing of DG, Dave Gettleman, me included. But analyst reporters say that the Giants' Mara won't get rid of him mid-season because that's not how they operate. The trade deadline is a few weeks away, and there is no evidence to suggest DG should have control of this team. When will Mara understand he can't operate at status quo? How much more losing needs to take place before he changes the way he runs the team? Now, I already think the Giants have changed the way they run this team, in a way. I mean, I feel like Joe Judge is a first-year head coach, and he's probably given more power than Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo had, uh, especially in regards to his say in personnel. Uh, just, they've already hired, hired a first-time head coach, which is, which is a, a, a rarity for, for the Giants, even though they did hire Ben McAdoo, but he was here before kind of like the next-in-line kind of deal. I think they're under the realization... But the reason that I say I don't think that they would make the move with Gettleman this point of the season is because.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again try jet's signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e jet's pizza better because it has to be
0: His tenure rests on how good Daniel Jones is, right? And if Daniel Jones matures into this great quarterback, Dave Gettleman is going to have directed the Giants in the right direction. And he's still, what are we at, 17 starts into his NFL career? So I think we do need to go a little bit longer before we can make that Ultimate decision on Dave Gettleman and a lot of these decisions, like all his draft class this year and last year, to make a decision right now on like on his draft class this year. I mean, what five games into their career, or even uh now with the last year's draft class, you're talking about 21 games into their career. It's probably a little early. I think you have to at least get to the end of this year before they're going to be out. Now, would I would I do it? Sure. I mean, I think I've seen enough. I have philosophically thought that some of his decision-making from the start with the Saquon picked the signing of Jonathan Stewart. I mean, just the logic behind some of this, saying he wasn't going to take any phone calls when Sa- when they were up on the clock for Saquon, this kind of stuff to me just indicated that they were going to head in the wrong direction, that if you have this outlook and this philosophy and that's your approach, you're going to fail, and which ultimately turned out to be true. So, I mean, I would have made this decision long ago, but the way the Giants think of it, is Dave Gettleman really only had a year and a half because he was battling cancer that first year, as Dan Graziano told us. They, they, They didn't credit that as a full year, his first year. So he had half a year. Last year was his only full year. I think he gets another full year this year. But you never know with the way this organization is moving at this point, so I don't think anything is completely out of the question. Morgan Williams, also from Instagram, question number two, said... How many more games can DJ spot the other team's one to two possessions without being benched for at least a series, if not a game? DJ obviously being Daniel Jones. I think DJ is talented, and perhaps the O-line pass pro pass protection is getting in his head a little bit. But at, time, at some point, Joe Judge needs to send a message to DJ and the team. And I think it's a very interesting concept because you're, you're, you're probably right. I hadn't really thought about it. I thought about it from a perspective of what's the use of putting in Colt McCoy Right? He's not part of their future. He only goes in if Daniel Jones is hurt. But I think there's something to that where it would send a strong message right, to the team and to Daniel Jones to say, hey, this is unacceptable. It's one thing to sit about, sit here and talk about it every week. But unless you stop doing it, then the problem's not getting solved. I don't care what you do off the field. Unless you bring it onto the field. It's not getting solved. And he has 31 turnovers. I mean, that's a ridiculous number in 17 career starts. So I do think there's some merit to what you're saying and that the Giants should consider it. Now, I don't know if they would, but I think you're at the point with, you know, another couple of weeks, if, if he turns the ball over two more times against the Washington football team this week, two more times on Thursday night against the Eagles, and, you know, once more against the Bucks on Monday night. Yeah, there has to be a point where you think about it. Now, I wouldn't want to go in there and put yourself at a disadvantage in front of the entire nation in a national spotlight. Uh, that would only intensify the pressure on Daniel Jones, so I don't think the, the, previ- the next two weeks against the Eagles and the Bucks is probably the time for it. But if it keeps going after that, I think, I think it should be on the table. Next question from my man at G-Man on Twitter says, do you think Odell, Beckham's would, Odell Beckham would still be on the Giants if they had Judge and Jones instead of Shermer and Eli? Also another interesting question. Now, I've been on board since day one, and I always thought if they had moved on from Eli, I think it would have had a much better chance of working with Odell Beckham because everybody, those guys in the locker room, those receivers, those offensive players, those skill makers, they knew it was over, right? They wanted hope. They they felt there were, they, the idea was that there was no hope, and that's why things were kind of spiraling out of control. It even spread to the defense at point at times, and I think that's why twenty seventeen fell apart. They knew he was done. But then they just had to keep rolling it back, and they felt like they were in Groundhog's Day. So I do think if they had turned the page, it would have created it would. have given Odell optimism and then when you get optimism when he's more on, it would have kept him more on board so I do and now I I, uh, I do think that would increase their chances of it working now the flip side is I'm not sure if Joe Judge that's not his kind of player like Odell needs mental babysitting right I mean that was one thing actually McAdoo did pretty well he would go and work and every week have to get Odell back into uh, the right mind frame and calm him down and it was constant mental babysitting for him. And I'm not sure if Joe Judge would be so into that. At the same – he would want guys, okay, get on board with what we're doing here and get out. So it would be interesting. I'm not sure how that would work on that end. So yeah, It's an interesting question, though. And to add to this uh, topic a little bit, here Fishy, with an extra Y at the end, asked on, on Twitter, now that it's been some time to settle, can you put a grade on the Odell trade? Uh, and I think – when you look back on it, it's not looking great at this point. Now, yes, Odell has been hurt, and he, but he's a definitely a difference-making playmaker, which the Giants' offense desperately needs right now. But I think we're getting a, a stronger view of what they got in return. And what did they get in return? They got Jabril Peppers, who is a starter but not a high-end starter. Okay, so decent, decent starter when he plays. Uh, Dexter Lawrence. Quality player, not much of a pass rusher. I think his pass rush, his pressure rate is in the 4%. So he's a run stuffer with the 17th pick of the first round. Quality player, again, not high-end player. It's going to be hard for him to ever make a pro ball because the league is built around pass rush and he doesn't really provide you anything in that area. And then O'Shane Zimenez, who's probably just the guy, part of a rotation of, an out, of your outside linebackers. Maybe he could be a situational pass rusher. Who one year produces, you know, here and there, produces seven or eight sacks. I think that's probably his ceiling. So uh, definitely no all-pro players, uh, some decent players, but nothing special. And you traded Odell Beckham. You took a huge cap hit. They wanted to clean out the locker room. We saw, okay, let's take a look at what it's done for them to clean out the locker room so far. It hasn't produced wins. At least when Odell was healthy, he helped produce wins. And that's the name of the game here. So, I think if I had to grade it, it would probably be in the C minus range, maybe even a D. I mean, because I'm I'm actually uh, I was always a big fan of Odell, and I thought under the right situation he could be corralled, as you're kind of seeing this year. So, all right, next question. I think it's I believe we're on question number four. Uh, Jacob Allen at JCA211 asks, "What is the coaching perspective?" and how Andrew Thomas has been formed, and if there is a bust potential. And then Anthony D, 80, follows that up with, how discouraged has Andrew Thomas's play been? So, first with the how discouraging has it been is, it, you know, it's been kind of alarming. He has not been good, and the Giants want to say he's played against quality players and faced all these top-edge guys, and in a way, yeah, he has faced good competition, but the reality is... You're going to face good competition every week as a tackle, pretty much. I mean, teams have two, three good edge rushers, almost every team. I mean, think about it. In the division alone, he's going to face Chase Young, DeMarcus Lawrence, and Alden Smith, and Brandon Graham, uh, and who's uh, the guy from Tennessee, uh, Derek Barnett uh, from from the Eagles. So... You know, you're going to face good competition on a consistent basis. Not everyone's going to be Cleo Mack, but you got to perform better than he did. So I think the coaching staff and everyone realizes he's got to play much better. And as for the bust potential part about it, I mean, by, first of all, by playing much better, I mean, like, by my count, he could you could easily have charged him with six or seven sacks. I think PFF officially charged him with four so far. But his pass rush win, win rate, I believe, is 61st out of 68 offensive tackles. I mean, that's bad. He's got to play better. Mark Colombo talked about maybe overshooting on guys and allowing people to beat him inside at times. Now, you ask about the bus potential part of it, and my feeling from talking to the coaches and to talking to people in the organization is they're not really that high on the bus rate. And I, If you heard me on DCR on 98.7 this week, I mentioned the comparison to... Eric Flowers. And that was on field play only his rookie year. Okay. Eric Flowers was not very good his rookie year, but we looked at it and said he's a you know, we saw so, enough good things. He's a rookie tackle. He showed toughness. He's gonna get better. But the reason I don't he had the bus rate, and I don't think Andrew Thomas they're looking at as that kind of bus rate, is Eric Flowers didn't want to take to the coaching. He didn't want to listen to the veterans. Uh, that were in that locker room, and I don't get that feeling from Andrew Thomas and that the, the organization has that feeling from Andrew Thomas. He's open to the criticism, the constructive criticism, the the learning points, uh, advice from others. So I'm not sure they see bust potential. Now, are they disappointed with the way he's played so far? I think the answer is probably yes. Uh, they, they want him to play better. They know it. Uh, But the bust, I don't think they're anywhere close to that point yet of anyone thinking that that's where this is going to be headed. Uh, Question number six, at MWC underscore fourth quarter, fourth Q closer. Will the Giants be active in the trade market as the deadline approaches? Tomlinson, Ingram, Tate, Zeitler, just a few names that should be considered. Now, Dalvin Tom, I mean, Here's why I don't think the Giants, or really anybody, is going to be overly active. You have to remember, right, this is a strange, strange year. It'll take days just to get guys into a new program. Uh, You never know how they're going to do in a new program. I mean, the the COVID restrictions are out there. This puts another extra twist on the trade market. So I'm not expecting this trade market as a whole in general to be overly active for anybody but for the Giants I mean some of those guys you mentioned like what can they get back from Golden Tate I don't think anyone will take that contract at this point Dalvin Tomlinson his what is what is this this is the final year of his deal so is anyone really going to give you much back for a rental for Dalvin Tomlinson I like him he's a quality player but I don't think anyone's gonna give you much as back as a rental so what are you really getting you know, you're getting a real late-round pick. Now, Evan Ingram is the one intriguing one that I'll be open to hear. I think the Giants last year, they were teams that at least inquired. I think, again, we are in this situation where he would be an intriguing name for other teams that say, hey, if we get him into our program, what, you know, can we turn it around for him? And one team I know that I had actually heard had reached out from even in the past, and I know this is – People are like, huh? Because they're already heavily invested in the tight end position was the San Francisco 49ers. So to me, maybe a team like that, that would be intriguing again if they went back there just to see what the price would be. Maybe they'd give up a you know a third-round pick, and the Giants would think that would be a, a fair return for Evan Ingram. And they say, okay, at least we get Evan Ingram for the rest of this year. We have his 50-year option next year, which isn't crazy, right, that the tight end number for is is not out of control, so at least it gives them a year and a half of Evan Ingram because they're not going to re-sign him long-term to a decent contract because they're already invested in George Kittle. But that's a way maybe for the Niners to work around the fact that they're not exactly loaded at wide receiver. We could load up at tight end instead because, remember, there was a team that had two tight ends, and that was their receiving core, and it was the Patriots, and they did a lot, a lot of good that way. All right, next question. At Ian Bartow asks is DJ showing that he doesn't have the it factor. It seems like he's performing worse in crunch time. Steelers interception fell short in Chicago. Rams interception couldn't deliver in Dallas. He had TB come back last year, Tampa Bay. That was his first career start. But Giants lose if kicker makes a late field goal. Well, that's not his fault. He led the team down the field, led him back. you got to give him credit for that. Uh, now in regards to the it factor i think that was kind of my one of my questions the two questions i had coming in and you heard it from NFL personnel was did he have like that sort of it factor because they really weren't a huge winning team in duke right usually when you and, and of course they're duke you're saying right they didn't have a lot of talent but they have a really good coach and he had a top level quarterback you probably should have a little more success than they did considering they're playing in the ACC. Now, do do I expect them to go out and beat Clemson? No. But the ACC is not exactly loaded, right? Florida State's a joke at this point. I mean, they got blown out, I believe, one time by Wake Forest. I mean, the team's there. It's not the strongest conference in the world. You would have expected Duke, if Daniel Jones was really that good and, and could lift guys on his shoulders to take it to the next level, and I'm not sure they really got there. And the other part was always, Uh, The turnovers in his uh, pocket presence, which we have seen is maybe his biggest problem and the one that might hold him back here in the NFL. So, yes, I think that is a fair concern, to it factor. We have to see whether Daniel Jones is a guy that at any point can lift the team on his shoulders and lead him to some victories. And you know what? The final 11 games of the season is really going to be the time because year two, I know he's not loaded with, with weapons. Uh, his line isn't great. But for a, a stretch here or there, a game here or there, a, game, you know, for a two, three-game stretch, he should be able to do these things if he's the legit franchise top high-end quarterback. So these are some big – that's why this is such a big 11 games for him. Last question. We got Alex Wander at Wanderbread. I like that uh, handle. Do you think Ryan Lewis has played well enough to keep the CB2 job going forward this season? If not, how soon do we see Madre Harper? And I think, Alex, the answer to that is ring around cornerback to keep it going. Does Ryan Lewis done enough? And I asked this directly to Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator this week, to keep that job. And he seemed to indicate, yes, they thought he Rylou, as they called him, played pretty well. But not, this isn't what it, Patrick Graham said. This is what I'm saying. But the reality is, when it came down to it, what did the Dallas Cowboys do? They said, okay, final drive. Let's go after the Giants' weak spot, and that's the cornerback two spot. Ryan Lewis, where is he? Okay, Michael Gallup, that's a uh, a matchup we're going to win. We'll throw all key, the two biggest passes of the game against him. And while Ryan Lewis was there on the big deep ball, the reality is he tripped and stumbled. Made it a little easier for Gallup to make that play. And there you go. They kick an easy. Nice, easy chip shot field goal. Game over. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, you know the deal. Giants lose. So uh Madre Harper, you're next. I expect that to probably happen within the next week or two because teams are going to continue to go after uh Ryan Lewis. Now maybe this isn't the week because uh, even next week while we are while we're at it. The Washington and the and the Eagles. Maybe perhaps have two of the worst receiving cores, thinnest receiving cores in the league right now. So maybe Ryan Lewis could play better, but I think eventually the reality is we're going to see Madre Harper at cornerback too, because the Giants do not have a second cornerback to play outside. That's simple. They don't. It's a clear weak spot on this roster. And with that, on to the next one. We'll get to my prediction. I'll give you a little Jordan on the beat of what it's like to uh, cover the NFL and the Giants in general, and then we'll wrap this episode up, this Friday episode of Breaking Big Blue. So here we go. I'm picking the Giants to win this week for the first time since week one. I know I'm an idiot. I was crazy to pick them in week one against the Steelers, but I'm going back to the well for the first time since week one. Giants 23, Washington football team 22. This is one they need. They have the better quarterback in this game. Uh, Looks like Washington's going to start Kyle Allen as we sit here on Friday. Who knows, Alex Smith gets in the game. Dwayne Haskins unlikely to even dress for this one. He was sick most of the week, and we just heard about the problems he has over there. So, uh, look, Daniel Jones, if he's anywhere, if he's even an average quarterback against this team, I know Washington has a strong front but they're not great on the back end. Their offense is terrible. Daniel Jones has to be able to do enough in this game to lead his team to a victory. And I think he can do it. The Giants eke it out. Uh, It won't be that easy, but they'll get it done. Uh, The Giants have Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones. That's a connection that works. Maybe, just maybe, they find a way to get the ball into Evan Ingram's hands. Uh, They tried last week on... You know, handing him the ball because they can't throw it to him at this point. But uh, the running game has gotten a little bit better for the Giants. That should help take some of the pressure. Because look, look, if Washington knows that the Giants are going to pass every time, and they can just pin their ears back. There's still some really good players over there on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, pass rushing, we're talking about, especially starting with some young players like Chase Young and Montez Sweat. You let them go and get after the quarterback, the Giants are going to be in trouble. Okay? But if they're able to run the ball and slow them down a little bit, which I think they should be able to do, they've done a little bit better the past couple weeks. Now, are the Giants going to be this great running team? No. But can they run for three and a half yards a carry? Can Devonta Freeman at least be competent? I think it's looking like they're heading in that direction which should ease the pressure on Daniel Jones. Let him make a couple plays. He needs to make a couple plays. I'm still looking at him making more plays on the run, outside the pocket. Let's see him do it this week. Beat the Washington football team with the Giants. Desperately. I know Joe Judge, I asked him, I said, what would this win mean for the Giants this week? What What would a win mean for your team this week? And he said it would be the same as every other week, blah, 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 blah. You know, coach speak. Let's not. Get carried away. This team needs a win. 0-6, 0-7, 0-8. If you keep going down that road, it's going to be hard for Joe Judge to keep selling, you know, his program and his beliefs and having it continually lead to L's. You gotta produce wins at some point. And this is an opportunity. They're actually favored. I'm actually picking the Giants against the spread. I'm picking the Washington football team. But Like, they're favored in this game. That's their opponent they're going against. They're not out-talented this week, which they are most weeks. This week, it's an even playing field. You can even make the argument the Giants are the more talented team in this one. So win the game. I'm expecting them to do it 23-22, barely. I'll give you a little Jordan on the beat before we get out of here. And uh, this is a crazy year. Uh, Just when the season starts, it's crazy in general. You're always on edge. There's always something going down. You never know when news is going to break. And I'm all over the place. Usually by week six, not by week six, I'm sorry. This is week six. Usually it takes to week eight, 10, 12, maybe even 14 before I just totally lose it. I'm at the airport. I can't find my car where I parked it anymore. Uh, Or I go on the, again, on the turnpike, the New Jersey turnpike, and I go in the wrong direction where my brain is just scrambled eggs. Right? But this year, I'll tell you what happened to me this week. I'm already there because this is 2020 and this year is craziness, like, to the max. We're in week six. I'm going home the other day. It's pretty early. My buddy says, hey, anybody, quick round of golf, will squeeze in, you know. It's probably like 3 o'clock. It's like 2 o'clock. i say, okay, I could be there by like 3, 3. 3.15, get home from, you know, after practice, finish my story. I'm on my way. I get there. I'm all excited. I had... I had a bag in the car with extra clothes just in case I ever stopped for golf uh, or or to run at my daughter's soccer practice. So I have a, bag, a backpack filled with clothes just in case. I'm like, I'm all prepared. I get out of the car. I, I'm ready to go change. I go to drop my clubs at the, at the bag drop, which is when you first drive into the country club, a country club or any golf course. There's like a bag drop area so you don't have to go walk with your clubs. And. I go to drop my clubs there, I open the trunk, and I realize, guess what? I don't have my golf clubs. Instead, I have a stroller for the little guy, no golf clubs. Week six of the NFL season. Uh, That's where I'm at already. I'm already in week 10, 12, 14 mode. I'm sure so are you, because as Giant fans, you realize this season's going nowhere, and usually that takes till week 12, 14, 16 at least. But no, we're there. It's week six. That's my Jordan on the beat. Of what it's like to cover the Giants, to cover the NFL, to work for ESPN these days. My head is already scrambled eggs we're in week six. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, you can reach out to me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email, wherever you know you can find me. Uh, Make sure you tell your friends about this podcast. Listen, like, give feedback, Apple Podcasts, ESPN app. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we're available. This is Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time.